Welcome to the Plastics Podcast for the first time in 2023. My name is Pete and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as JeppaDT. Welcome back for the season, Jep. Thanks, Pete. It's, uh, it's a bit exciting, isn't it? We have pre-season back underway. Uh, plenty of intra-club uh, information coming out of clubs and all sorts of areas. Um it's the season to sort of think of what could be with some players, that's for sure. Yeah, we've, I've been loving your updates. Um, you've been getting around a bit, going and checking out trainings of each team. Really appreciate all that info from you, mate. Um, and you probably inspired me to uh, to get down to Eagles headquarters myself um, on Friday. So, yeah, we, we're firming up. It's, uh, it's getting serious now. A lot of the... Uh, Teams are ramping up their trainings, and a lot of fantasy coaches are obviously ramping up their uh, research too. Yeah, as much as the information is great at this time of the year, even though it, there's a stack of it coming out, um, I'd be cautious of sort of consuming too much club content because it's you know it's a lot of positive reinforcement of their own players, which is it's you know, I mean that's their job is to sell hope. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, you know, don't sort of get drawn into all that hope for certain players there as well. So just, just a bit word of caution there. Um, the biggest two things for me to take out of this time of year, um, just to play a health, you know, you want to play a training and no interruption, um, and just, you know, where they're training. That's it, pretty much it. Uh, it any other sort of positive talk about them that they're flying over pre-season or like I just couldn't care less about it it's like were they training and are they healthy your thoughts on that yeah agreed you know we get caught up in in positive reinforcement um and what's what we're looking for to pick a player um but yeah ultimately we're we've got to just pin it back to role scoring potential and job security don't we so um there's, what, 50-odd days still to round one, so there's a lot to play out, like you said. Yeah, the other one that's sort of sort of really staring at me in the face right now is with regards to, you know, obviously a lot of people are looking at certain types of players, is, you know, if you think back to the trade period, you know, the trade period does provide opportunity from a fantasy perspective. Now, what I'm trying to say is, here is that you know once you get an opening in a midfield spot that creates a stack of opportunity for certain other players now the opposite happens is that when a player is traded from one club and obviously there's a hole in one midfield they're going into another midfield you know if we're talking about midfielders which specifically I'm talking about here and that may restrict and interrupt others so the three midfielders I'm looking at with regards to opportunity, uh, definitely West Coast because they're on a youth program. Uh, it's definitely the Bulldogs because Josh Dunkley has left. Uh, and it's Hawthorne as well because they got rid of Tom Mitchell and Jager O'Meara. So there's a stack of opportunity there. Um, so the opposite is, is, is true here as well, is that when you get, like for example, Jed Anderson going to Gold Coast, you know, that's sort of, that, that's making a bit of a congestion in that Gold Coast midfield. So we know we've got three high centre bounce type players, but Jed Anderson going in there, and if he is to be best 22 or best 23, whoever you want to look at it, you know that that's a really tight squeeze in there. So look, I've got to imagine any others 
players trying to get in that mix are going to be on the outside looking in. Um, so just your thoughts on that and where you're looking for opportunities at this time of year, Jeff. For sure, with yeah, obviously agree with your comments, mate. It's um, looking at Fremantle, like Jaeger going into Frio's midfield and how that dynamic yep. works with Fife. I know yep. Mundy's retired, but I still feel like that puts, example, Matty Johnson a bit on the back burner. Probably would have got a little bit more opportunity this year if Jaeger wasn't around. Um, but yeah, coincidingly, the teams you mentioned, Hawthorne West Coast. Um, and apologies, who was the other one? Um, Hawthorne, West Coast, and the Bulldogs with Josh Dunkley departing. Correct. So, though, look, Hawthorne and West Coast for me in terms of getting the value picks, you know, a lot talked about Warple, a lot talked about um, Jinby and Yo and and those high fantasy ownership players for, for obvious reasons. So... Keep it well, like we said earlier. We're keeping an eye on roll at this time of year. Who, who's vying for it, you know? And and we'll share some notes now on certain players. But I I saw the cruts of West Coast, and it looks like they're going to have the older heads around the ball the majority of the time. Um, but Jinby is going to get some opportunity this year, that's for sure. Um, and then yeah, who who knows with Hawthorne? They've got a really young midfield. How they balance their you know, youth and experience is going to be interesting because obviously there's not a lot of midfield experience and the harder bodies around the ball, but there are still a couple. And, um, and yeah, the Bulldogs, look, I don't see a lot changing really other than certain times and roles might get tweaked. I, th- I actually even think McLean could just replace Dunkley between that inside and outside, uh, inside mid and half forward role, or he plays in a wing. So, it's one or the other. We've got to keep an eye on it again. Um, but then, yeah, how, how does, um, like you said, how, how the opposite goes and Frio and Gold Coast and even Brisbane to a point, you know, um, Dunkley going in there, is it a free reign for, for, for Neil? Is it going to hinder him or help him uh, is, is an interesting question. So, yeah, lots to play out, isn't there? Yeah, the other three teams there as well are GWS because you have Hopper and Taranto leave. So, therefore, yeah, I mean, surely it is Tom Green time um, to get in there and just like high centre bounce usage um, and Kelly in there and Cornelio. So, you've you got to think that the opportunity is there for that senior core. And we've known for several years now that they had a, they've pretty much had too many mids. But now it's like a it's a pretty sort of stable environment, I would imagine, for Cornelio, Kelly, um, and Green, those sort of types there. So then there's another team there, it's Richmond. So Hopper and Taranto go into the Richmond midfield, and it's it's going to be a bit of a unique situation because, you know, like Hopper's going in there as a number one from my point of view. Like we know Presley is good, but you know, he's had had his injury concerns, so what I did see the other day at match simulation for the Tigers is that um, it was uh, Cochin, Hopper, and Taranto pretty much as the main like top three mids on one team. Presley sat out match simulation there, so that was quite important to take note of. So it was those three. So when you look at Hopper and Taranto, they're taking over at Richmond. Now, when Presley comes into the mix, you know, that might make it a top four there. Now, the critically, what we need to know is that Short was sidelined as well, but he's going to a half-back. 
Um, so what we need to know there is what happens to Shai Bolton and also Duffy Martin. Well, I can tell you that both of them started in the forward line in the forward 50, like so often it wasn't funny. Now, Dusty did roam up through the midfield in general play, collect the ball at halfback, and then bring him back and deliver it inside 50. Shy Bolton were the same. So I'd expect that Richmond top um, centre bouncers to be Cochin, Prestia, Hopper and Taranto. And I reckon um, Martin and Shy Bolton in there for a bit of a speed uh, dynamic in that centre bounce clearance. Uh, I think that's pretty much what's going to happen to Richmond. So do you think Taranto, is it going to be him? You know, if Presley goes in, does he go sit in the forward line? Um, I think your hopper is going to be pretty solid in there as well. Uh, but you just got to think about where that midfield mix comes in because you've got two centre bounce players coming in there. What does that do to that? Now, the other team there is Collingwood because we obviously, we, Tom Mitchell, he's uh, been a huge fantasy player there as well. He comes into Collingwood. Now, Collingwood was screaming out last year, even though it was a great year, and Craig McRae said this as well, and he said it quite often. They were struggling at stoppages. So Mitchell comes in there. He's going to be that stoppage top player. So you've got to be imagine it's going to be him and Adams as those one and two high centre bounce numbers, and then they'll get a mix of um, other players coming into that centre bounce and around those stoppages there as well. So it's you really got to have a bit of a deep think of how it's going to settle out, and it's not necessarily... You know, does it make sense from a fantasy perspective because a player's at a certain price and, you know, if they can average what they average at their under-18s, you know, they're super priced compared to what they're looking at right now. You know, first first thing before I go into any part of fantasy, does it make actually sense from a football perspective? You know, more often than not, it actually just does not. So, therefore, once we get into the season, you know, the player's not averaging as much as what everyone thought they could. And... The, the question, the answer to the question was actually just football-based uh, knowledge and, and thought process over fantasy. So a lot of people, obviously this is a fantasy podcast, think in reverse. So unfortunately, um, sometimes I'll put the down on some things and some players, but it's just thinking about it from a football perspective, Jim. Yeah, for sure, mate, absolutely. And look, with Richmond, uh, the one thing I will say is I think they'll have a high number of rotation or players used through the centre bounce. So Taranto doesn't look out of place on a half-forward line, let's be honest, after his split role with GWS last year. I think Hopper would probably be better suited in in the CBAs. He doesn't really have that secondary position. But that's not to say Taranto is not going to be a top-six forward or, or score well in a fantasy sense by yep. any means. So... Um, like you said, you've got to put it all into perspective. Uh, Collingwood, yeah, Tom Mitchell is going to get the role. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, the inside mid, you know, first hands to it type role, um, quick clearance. If they're going to continue, we all think they're going to continue to play that quick game style, chaos footy, if you want to call it that. So he's going to get his hands a lot on it initially. Um, and, and that obviously transpires in, in fantasy scores. We, we saw nothing like that for Hawthorne last year. He was a little bit on the outer with the development of, of the younger Hawks around him and his team last year. So there's scope for improvement, for sure. Um, and and we've, we've got to note this down and, uh, and make our analysis and our judgment of, of who the best picks are. Yeah, and sometimes centre bounces just aren't the, you know, the complete answer as well. They're great. Yeah, Matty Rowe. Yeah, they're, they're great. Exactly. So they're great from, you know, identifying, you know, who's potentially going to have a pretty decent fantasy season. But, you know, it doesn't actually even translate sometimes. So, 
know, there's a few players there that, you know, I've not even seen mentioned with regards to any fantasy talk, whatever. And I'm looking, I'm staring him right in the face. I'm thinking your opportunity is immense this year. So, you know, and they've been popular in the past, but there's just been, there's been no sort of chatter since. So interesting to see where it flushes out. And Jeb, you know, we're talking about mid to late January right now. I've got to imagine some of the players we're going to talk about in this podcast, you know, once we get to, you know, early mid-March, they won't even be on our radar anymore. So, yeah, just final thoughts on that, and we'll get stuck into the podcast. Yeah, we we move with the times, we move with the news and and what is transpiring at each club. Like we said, role is what's most important for us when picking our players, Um, whether it be primo or or rookie or mid-pricer. We need to know that role, and that's the crux of what we're looking at right now. Alrighty, let's get into it. So we are talking AFL fantasy season-long classic mode. This discussion is in the preseason, and it's just going to be an early like or dislike sort of pod from us. So it's pretty casual. We'll have a few chats on some sort of players, but you know, once we get again, once we get into preseason games and obviously one official game per team, you know, we're going to sort of drill down on you know which players are, are best from a fantasy perspective. Already, this podcast is being recorded on Tuesday night, January 24, and of course, this news is being crushed out for you on the AFL Ratings Network. The content is free. Likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news <laughs> comes to hand. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out. Um, on the information, obviously, um, if you jump onto the aframings.com.au website, uh, you can see that I've changed up a few things this year. So it's going to be more short and sharp in- information. So you can log in there anytime. Um, not necessarily is all the information being posted on social media and Twitter accounts. So just jump in there, have a look, because there's going to be some updates in there that you know I'm not going to publish on social. So Get in there. All the teams are going to be done, so you're going to find your information right there. All right, Jeff, so let's get into it. So we're going to do uh, – thank you very much also for the amount of uh, replies we got for players. So uh, we've had a stack, so we're going to do two podcasts. Um, we're going to do uh, a stack of players right now, and then in a few days' time, uh, Jeff and I will back up with another pod, and we'll do the remaining players that were requested. So um, very much appreciated for sending those in. Um, and let's get stuck into it. Jeff, so like or dislike, Andrew Gaff. So, yeah, I saw him firsthand on Friday, um, Friday morning at Eagles training. Looked really trim, really fit, ticked a lot of boxes for me to the eye. Um, running hard up and down the wing. Funnily enough, Greg Clark, who's no slouch, struggled to keep up with him. Um, but I think West Coast is going to play a little bit quicker this year. I don't think there's going to be that bailout plus six for him on the wing. And he's priced at 81. So, yeah, there's not enough scope from, for me to make him a worthy pick. So it's dislike. Yeah, dislike for me as well. So um, just, just based on role. So if you're outside wing, it can be a little bit volatile, that sort of type of role. So just a dislike there for me. Already, Bailey Smith, I'll give you some background here first, Jeff. So Bailey Smith's been interrupted the last couple of weeks. Nobody's really been... Uh, able to put a finger on the exact situation there, so it might be just a deloading phase from Smith. Um, and I just sent out a tweet the other day as well on my Twitter account, you know, that he had an interrupted first preseason uh, from when he was drafted. And he played every game, so if there's anyone that's going to be able to complete a full season from this point, it would be Bailey Smith. So. 
Uh, Dunkley gone opportunity here, and this is the one um, I was sort of talking about previously. Um, this is a big lock here for me at this stage, but you know he's going to have to hit that training track really soon for me, otherwise that's going to be a decision. So I've had him in initially. I took him out after I went to training last week at the Bulldogs, and even though he was just doing some running sessions, I've actually I've stuck him back in. So a big lock here for me. Yeah, interesting. I um I go back to last year for me. Look, you know, a bit of number crunching. If you remember, Pete, he had really high time on ground to start the season. I'm talking 90% plus. Huge. And and he went he went 120 plus yep. most most times with that. After his mid year drama, that time on ground did drop. He was in the eight early or low 80s, mm-hmm. and um, coincidentally, his scores were low hundreds. So. It's it's still a light for me. I think there's big scope for him this season, and, and he's if he can put 22 games together. But I am going to watch him in terms of how much output he's going to get, how, what his time on ground is during the preseason matches, and um, and make my decision from that. But I will say like Tuke Miller. So high centre bounces expected here, and obviously he's the number one mid at Gold Coast. Now, Noah Anderson coming in, and a bit of chatter out of the Gold Coast over pre-season is that they want to take the load off their, you know, their top three mids, you know, but I wouldn't be too concerned about that chat because it's still a top three for me. Uh, we're going to get uh, Noah Anderson, we're going to get Matt Rowe, and we're going to get Tuke Miller in there. So for me, it's a like still. I'm actually going to say dislike here, and that's just to start the season. I'm a big Tuke fan, and... I'd say he'd be in my team at some point this year, but to start the year with the Swans, Bombers, Cats and Saints, all of whom will likely play a tagger on him, I'm going to fade him just for round one, just a little bit nervous. Hmm, yeah. Okay, on to the next one, Jack Steele. So he he has actually trimmed a stack of weight for my... Yeah, might be only a couple of kilos, but, man, he looks actually super thin... The thing about Jack Steele, right, and this is goes into new coach, Ross Lyon is back into the mix. So the want for St Kilda, and this has been the same conversation since Lyon took over from Brett Retton as senior coach, is that they want to play fast, okay? So they want to play fast. So there's there might be a reduction of one or two plus sixes for Steele when he's out in that wing and just collect and just turn around and kick it somewhere else and get it back. There might be a, a shrinking of that sort of situation, um, and it, it's, it reaffirms of what St Kilda have been saying that they want to play fast because man, he is trim, he is super trim. So um, from from his fantasy perspective, I'm kind of not liking it. So if they're going to play fast, man, that could be a bit of a reduction in his um, point scoring. So it's a wait and see. I want to see what the season starts like. So I'm I'm not going to spend up on steel to start the season yet. Yeah, I agree, mate. I, I'm going to, again, say dislike just to start the season because I think there's just going to be that transitional period where they're learning the new game plan under Ross. And Ross is big on his game plans. We know that from previous years and, and he's coaching um, for Frio and St Kilda before that. So I, I think there's going to be a few teething problems and I'm not prepared to spend an obscene amount of money on a primo that you know I see as a high-risk pick. On to the next one. And we're talking about Adam Chera. You requested this one. So, okay, Sam Walsh, uh, the latest update on him is that we potentially could see him back in the first month. He's commenced running um, 
it's in a running program at the moment. So it's, we're talking about four weeks post-surgery right now. Uh, it was back surgery. So that he, remember he missed the last couple of games or last game or whatever it was for Carlton, went all the way through the off-season, started pre-season, and then had surgery just around that Christmas time. So they waited like three months. Um, surgery done, so he's back running now. Um, so I, from personal experience, when you have backs, they can be major issues. So hopefully he's got that sorted out. Now, you know, from Walsh's point of view, it's an interrupted pre-season, but, you know, what we're trying to look at here is your request is what does that do to the Carlton midfield? We know recently that Sam Doherty has gone into the midfield in training, so, you know, does that mean that, you know, that, there's going to be an opening at an half-back or half-back for Carlton. But what we're talking about here is Adam Chera. Is he a better pick than what he was last year? I think we're going to get a similar output. So, therefore, for me, it's actually going to be a dislike here for Chera. I'm not too sure what you're going to say here, Jeff. Yeah, I'm actually a big like. And the Doherty midfield role and time, I think that's a contingency plan by Carlton. I don't think... maybe. You know, if there's another one or two injuries with Carlton mids, then they, they'll they look to dock. And even if he does play mid, it's more going to be outside mid, in my opinion. So that's my read on that. Um, no Walsh. It just uh, reaffirms that Chera should play as an inside mid. So we all know Chera does his best work as an inside mid, not an outside mid. He, he got stuck outside a few times last year and his scores were hindered. But when we did see him go inside... Yeah, it was um, it, it equated to great fantasy scores. So it's his second year at Carlton. He should be more comfortable with the new surroundings and the game plan. And I just see a, a mar- uh, you know a vast um, score uh, improvement on his scoring. So uh, yeah, I'm a big like. On to the next one. So Greg Clark. My feeling on Clark is that you know he had some opportunity last year, but I think plenty would have overtaken him. So that's the new draftees, and obviously they had some other young players in that team, and obviously what you're going to get is some returning senior players that are healthy this year. So I think they're just going to be too many that they're going to overtake him. So it's a dislike for me. Yeah, he, he's not in West Coast Eagles' best 22 and, or 23, in my opinion. It's it's a pass. Heath Chapman. So uh, positive news from Fremantle is that you know they're, they're not one team that's going to transition to a really quick-moving team. So we're going to get a lot of plus sixes around the half-back line. Uh, senior coach Justin Longmuir has said, you know, at times they want to move the ball quick. So at times for me is, you know, every other time you're going to, you know, pace yourself, you're going to be balanced. So I think it's okay, but, you know, I'm not looking at Heath Chapman from Fremantle. I'm looking at one other player from that half-back line. So for me, look, I don't mind a pick for Chapman, but... What we're trying, what my thought process is, is I want to hit high ceiling. Um, he can do that, but I, yeah, for me, it's just another play in that fair mental team. So it's a dislike for me for Chapman. Yeah, I agree, bud. It's it's a dislike as well. He's awkwardly priced. Um, my mind would only change if you know an injury occurred to Hayden Young or um, Clark. So um, that's unlikely. So yeah, it's a, it's dislike. Okay, Rowan Marshall. Um, well, he's in my team right now. Um, and if nothing changes uh, at St Kilda between now and the start of the season, it's likely that I'm going to start with him. So what we do need to take into consideration here is the Max King injury. Now, you know they've got they've got some forward options in in that 
uh, team. So and, and Hayes goes out, does his um, gets another injury, so he's going to miss the start of the season as well. What we did see last year is uh, Marshall play a little bit forward, but what St Kilda need, you know, they've got a quality ruck. So I, I, I see the chatter on socials is that you know Marshall's going to be in there and high ruck high ruck usage. I agree with that. Uh, and if that's going to be the case, you've got to imagine his scores are going to be plentiful. So he's in my team right now. But I would I would give you one word of warning here for the listeners is that you know pay close attention what is going to happen in that team uh, for the next few weeks and especially uh, how that team is going to settle up into round one. So yeah, just really pay close attention of what is going to happen there at the Saints. So thoughts there, Jeff. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. It's a, it's an obvious like. We just need to reaffirm his role um, going into round one, and, and that will come you know, in the coming weeks and days. Darcy Cameron. So before I start here, Jep, do you have him in your team? Absolutely. So do you have him, where do you have him, what position? Uh, two. I have him in the forward line. All right. Interesting. So let's, let's um, get into this one. So... I think as a solo rock, and my thought process coming into the season was, you know, great, Dan McStay's coming in, Mason Cox will be out, and look out, it's going to be Darcy Cameron as ruck, and it's going to be, and we seen Dan McStay last year, late last year, he went in, you know, due to, it was an injury in-game, and he was the second ruck there, and he actually was really good. Um scored actually okay as well, but back on to Cameron, if that was a setup, man, Cameron Cameron's gonna go off off his head this year with regards to scores. But you know what? Sorry for listeners here, if 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 you had the same thought process, man, I reckon Mason Cox is playing. I really oh. th- I think Mason Cox is gonna be playing and I think he's it's just that he's just so tall man up forward. Which is good because Cameron will be in the ruck, but I think the mismatch that I see that Cox offers um, is, is probably just too good. Now, the I had a bit of a play around with the Collingwood team. So um, my initial thought, again, was, you know, McStay comes in, Cox goes out. Um, Collingwood want to play quicker, so that's not really Mason Cox's go. So maybe that's an opportunity that Cox doesn't play, and that's great for Darcy Cameron. But you know what? I, th- I think Ash... Johnson would be the one under pressure with regards to Dan McStay coming in, you know, and and the question will be, uh, is it Ash Johnson that's playing or is it uh, Mason Cox? So I think that's a position battle that we really really need to take it, um, uh, take a look at. And if it's Mason Cox in front of him, I think it's going to be a dual ruck setup. So we're probably looking at what happened last year. So it's, unf- no, it's maybe unfortunate, maybe um, well, hopefully wrong because he's in my team at the moment and. It might be a consideration if it's, you know, if it's overwhelming evidence coming into the start of the season at round one that it's going to be Mason Cox in that team, you know, and he's going to be playing at some stage. Um, but yeah, if, it, if, if it's round one, it looks like he's really locked in there. I might actually come back and question that selection of Cameron. So thoughts there, Jeff? Uh, I disagree. I think Cameron is the number one ruck. I remember a few games last year where Cox really struggled to impose himself in the forward line. And and they actually put Cox in the ruck to compete and Cameron, Darcy Cameron, forward to, to make more of a target. 
Um, I remember that clearly, and it was, and I actually wrote notes on it um, in, on my famous spreadsheet here. So I don't think Cox is playing. I think it is as simple as Cameron um, as as the main ruck with McStay pinch hitting. And um, on that note, well, with that, he's obviously an underpriced pick and he's got ma- massive fantasy upside, so it's a like. But what I will add is this sub rule is going to crucify us with rucks. So when, and especially a running team like Collingwood and what McStay proved to show in the finals last year is he can ruck for a whole quarter mm-hmm. and, and sort of move and get about and and change the game. Collingwood can sub off Darcy Cameron, get another runner on, and and run away with with the game. And, and that's exactly to their game style. That's exactly to Richmond's game style, and probably likely GWS and so on. So just keep that in mind. That is in the back of my mind a little bit. How we're going to get hurt by, dare I say it, the red vest or the sub outs. Um, but for now, Darcy Cameron is my R two. Yeah, I don't know about Darcy Cameron getting so bad. I, I would, you know, if, if it's Cox and Cameron in that side, um, I could see Mason Cox getting subbed there. But I don't think Cameron's getting subbed out anytime soon. Um, I'd be wholly surprised if he was subbed out for one game. So, but it could happen. Like, like I agree that damage day looked alright, but if it came to a choice, um, yeah, Darcy Cameron's not getting subbed out of that game. But yeah, keep an eye on that situation. Obviously, um, Jep and I have opposing thoughts. Surprise, surprise. Uh, that's pretty common. <laughs> you know, but that at least provides you with some sort of, you know, thought process of... Two know, different angles, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so that's right. We don't... It's two different... Like you said, two different thought processes, two different approaches, and I'm sure the listeners can relate to both of us, one of us, or either of us. So that's yeah. what we're about. Yeah, it's nothing worse than listening to a podcast where everyone agrees about the same thing. You actually need opposing thoughts to actually, um, and it provides some sort of intel because if Jepper and I land on the same play and we go, yeah, 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 that's right, that potentially can give you some more confidence of actually selecting your player. But, you know, if we have opposing thoughts, then, you know, it might be a bit of uh, deeper research to take part uh, from yourself or, you know, again, we've still got eight weeks to go. So that'll flush out over time. But I'm, I'm telling you, I think Mason Cox is in that team. So ask Johnson as me, see where he's at. You know, hopefully we get some information of you know how Ash Johnson is going over the preseason. If it if he at all he's sort of convert uh, some talk, of, you know he's got some work to do and improvement on last year. You know, if that's the case, you know it's Mason Cox is playing. So yeah, really keep an eye on on that sort of situation there, and it really impacts because I think Cameron. Not to show your thoughts there, Jeff. Is it? I, I think Cameron's going to be a wholly um, owned player from like the top ten thousand coaches who legitimately have a chance to, to take overall title. Your thoughts there? Yeah, for sure. Like he's the ruck forward status. Um, you know that just gives us more flexibility, and it's and given his likely role, it, yeah, it's almost a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. So Tom Stewart. Now I like the pick, but I'm not. I'm not. I don't like it the early part of the season. Now, for those who do their stat research, I suggest you go and look at the stat research for Tom Stewart at GMHBO Stadium. And the Cats play a stack of their games in the second half of the season at GMHBO Stadium. So I was down at Geelong um, training today. Nothing much coming out of there, so that's why I didn't post anything. 
But the renovation of the the following part of their project is taking place, and they've stacked some of their home games in the back end of the year. So have a look at do some research on these splits in GM HBA Stadium uh, last season and see what sort of scores, and you'll see some of these high scoring games were at GM HBA Stadium. So that's looking at the second half of the year. Now, if he goes off early, he, you're going to have to get him at some stage because he will continue to go off. Uh, we're looking at the same role, intercept-type marker, so it's going to be potentially at some stage that he's going to be in that defence for us. Hopefully we do see a reduction in price, so at some stage we can get him around about round 7, round 8, round 9, and in time for the second half of the year. Your thoughts, Jeff? So for me... It's a like, but only the midway point of the season, Jeff. Yeah, agreed. I'm not going to start with him. I think um, he's a player we look to, not start with. Um, those high ceiling games, though, both at MG, uh, GM HBA Stadium, and they were 157 and 169. So, lot to like there. I think he's he's just one for later in the season. Okay, next one, Christian Salem, halfback role we're expecting this year. Uh, went down to Melbourne training a week and a half, two weeks ago, whenever that was, and he looks actually quite fresh. He's been struggling with the injuries the last couple of years, and uh, yeah, he looks fresh, and he's playing in a halfback role, so uh, and he's quite nicely priced, so it's a like for me. Yeah, I like it too. He's priced at 74, so there's obvious scope for improvement. He's he's proven he can go 90-plus in the past, so um, Bulldogs... First round, it's tempting, that first early draw and that leg up on the competition. Bulldogs obviously give a lot of points up to defenders in the past. Um, so, yeah, it's a lie. On to the next one. So, Nick Coffield did his ACL uh, this time last year, so 12 months out of the game. You know, the common thread out of ACL is it takes another 12 months to get back into it, back into the Saints game plan. They want to play fast and quick. He's not that type of player. So, you know, how does he settle in coming back from ACL? Does he take his time? Therefore, it's not a good early sort of selection. It's that Wayne Malira type scenario. Um, and the fast, quick pace game style, that's not him. So I just, like, I, I need to know where he fits in um, into that sort of game style. So, yeah, really interesting one to watch. You know, if the Saints are going to take him slow into pre-season, obviously he's not a... Um, Slow into the season, obviously it's not a selection, but yeah, it's one to keep an eye on. Obviously, he's he appears to be value, but yeah, what sort of role and how quick and that's just not him. So I'm just really want to see the rest of the preseason to see how this plays out. But you watch watch and see. I'm right on the fence with this one. Yeah, I saw a pick of him today actually um, at training, and he he looks you know 12 months out of the game. He's obviously spent most of that time in the gym, so he's he looks very strong. But I agree with everything you say. He's not um, that pacey player. He's that more methodical placement type player. And I think having an interrupted preseason in itself where he hasn't been really ramping up his running loads and the like to now, um, it's it's a fade and, and it's a dislike. Yeah, and a couple of position moves there for Saints. Um, you know, we're looking Brad Hill going up into the wing with Ross Lyon and Azile Wangalin Malira going to defence. So uh, what I did see in December is that Wangalin Malira would start in defence and then he would just shoot off through the middle of the ground. So he created a mismatch in defence against an opposition forward and then once his team collected the ball, he would just take off. So he would then, you know, you know 20 seconds later he's in the forward line because he's run all the way all that way through the middle of the ground. So, yeah, just want to keep an eye out there and where does Caulfield fit in with that St Kilda team? 
Okay, the next one, Jaden Short. So expecting a halfback role. Um, interrupted preseason at this stage, but it looks like he's going to be quite solid for round one. Um, yeah, it's probably dislike for me. I'll just look at other options in defence here for my team, Jeff. Well, he's a mid-only, Pete, so um, he will will need... Obviously, he'll probably get defensive role in the DBPs in round six, but nevertheless, it's a dislike for now, and and we wait and see. Nick Newman, so, you know, if Doherty goes out, does that open up for Newman? He can play a lockdown role there as well. Um, You know, then it relates into how long is Walsh going to be out there for looking like two or three weeks, and it's not really one to sort of lock into, so dislike here for me. Yeah, it's a hard dislike. He's priced at 78. It's There's not much scope there for improvement. So, yeah, pass, dislike. Hayden Young, um, he's set himself up for a big year. He's that intercept-type player. I think the Fremantle want to get the ball into his hands quite often. Um, and, yeah, again, Justin Longmuir coming out and said, you know, at times that they want to go quick, but that doesn't mean to say that that's all the time, and that's going to play into the hands of Young when the Dockers hold the ball across half-back line. So it's a big like here for me. Yeah, it's a like for me too. I think what we're sort of not, or a lot of us coaches are probably not uh, analysing as hard is the amount of kick-ins he might have this year. So they typically go to Luke Ryan just in case... There's a quick turnover and Luke Ryan can play tall and small and deal with the quick ball coming in. Um, but that might change. I think Hayden Young may take a few more kick-ins. Um, and if he does, I think he's a, he's a great pick. So I'm going to see a lot. Yeah, hopefully he's actually the first kick received. So that's even better because he gets an extra three points, turns into a plus six. Alrighty, next one, we're talking about Taron Thomas. So Clarko must listen to the plus six pod because last season I was saying... I would like to see Taron Thomas come off half-back line. Clarko listens, and guess what? Bang. Half-back line, uh, not under Noble, but under Clarko. So in there he goes, half-back line. Kangaroos need to be a set of line-up in defence, and that therefore we'll get a, a clearer picture on the exact role for Thomas. So that's one to look at uh, through the pre-season game. So, yeah, I don't mind it at this stage, um, but it's not a hard like, but it's just a mini-like here for me. I'm going to say dislike. I think there's a lots of um, water to go under the bridge in terms of his fitness levels and where he's at um, mentally as well and, and getting ready for round one and a big season ahead. So when we're picking a player of, of that mid-price ilk, we want him to be consistent scorers, and I don't think he will be that. So dislike. On to the next one. So James Warple. So Sam Mitchell comes out today, has a presser, and gives the big tick to Warple. So... We know he's one of best and fairest in that midfield for Hawthorne. That was when Tom Mitchell was out for the season. So Tom Mitchell out, Jay Gromira out. Obviously, we've got McKenzie in there. We've got Ward in there. Uh, we've got Moore in there. We've got Newcomb in there and a few others in that midfield for Hawthorne. But this is an opportunity right here. So this is one thing I was talking about. Start of the podcast, you know, when there are players going out of the midfield, that opens up opportunities, and there are definitely opportunities in that Hawthorne midfield this year, and Walpole is right in that zone. So he's healthy, and he's a like for me at this stage. Yeah, he's, he's a like for me too. Um, I want to see see him perform online. I've got to see it. 463,000, um, I've got to see what he produces on the field before I jump in, because with my team structure, it's likely only to be one mid-pricer, one mid-pricer midfielder, mm-hmm. if I said that correctly. So, you know, there's there's a lot of players 
vying for that spot at the minute um, and a lot of players too that we're all considering. On to Finn Callahan. So his management group comes out during that trade period, obviously not talking about a Finn Callahan trade, but just talking about his progress and obviously had some injuries last year. And they defined him as a hybrid mid, so like an outside type player. So, you know, if he's coming into that team going on the outside wing, I don't think the scores are going to be like similar to what we need as an inside mid. So therefore, it's just a wait and see. So dislike for me for Callahan right now. Yeah, dislike as well, 406000 priced at mid only. Just it's a bit to walk with the other options available. So I dislike. Jack McRae. I think the Bulldogs are going to play similar again this year. Dunkley's out of the out of the team, um, so obviously some opportunities in that centre bounces. But you know what? Guess what? It could be more. Well, Caleb Daniel was in those centre bounces uh, training the other day, so the potential one in there. But you know what? It could be actually a more refined, sort of concentrated type centre bounce scenario. You know, we go Bont, we go Liber, we go Bally Smith, we go McRae. If we if, if it's more concentrated, McRae could go off. So it's a big like here for me. Yeah, big like at the moment, but again, we, we've got to see it. We've got to see how the Bulldogs play in pre-season before we can reaffirm anything. But, look, he's been one that's uh, a pretty popular pick for obvious reasons, and, yeah, a big like. On to the next one, Joy Kelly. So uh, opportunities in the West Coast midfield, Jeff. So uh, Eagles have hit the button on a youth policy. Uh, doesn't mean to say they're going to bottom out for a significant amount of years. But what they're going to do is going to regenerate that list and give opportunities to youth to, you know, set up the next premiership tilt. So that's going to open up opportunities. Joy Cully is right in that mix to receive those opportunities. So it's a like here for me. Yeah, it's a big like for me, mate. I um, saw him firsthand on Friday and he was probably the fittest out of the whole squad. Uh, but by a little bit of a margin too, Um He's priced at 55, and look, most of us are talking about Dom Sheet as that mid-price-ish pick that um, you know can go up and, and have a big role. But don't sleep on Jai Cully. He's 100 grand cheaper, and without Redden in the team, we need that enforcer. You know, Redden was a big tackler, and, and Jai Cully plays a li- little bit similarly. So, depending on what you're looking for in that mid-price um, bracket for your midfield. Don't, yeah, don't ignore Jai Cully. On to the next one. So we're looking at Riley Bonner here. So Cala Amon and that team for Hawthorne. So opens up a wing spot. Um, but Bonner's just not that player for me. So it's this like. Yeah, I think Dersmer again might come back into favour. There's there's a bit of competition for that wing spot regardless. Um, they got Bergman as well. So... Yeah, Houston will command most of the footy in the back half. Uh, so, yeah, dislike from Bonner for me too. On to Caleb Sarong. So we get Jago O'Meara into that midfield. Um, David Mundy out. Nate, Nate Fife mostly forward, but you've got to expect that he's going to be in there at some centre bounces there as well. Andrew Brayshaw still the scorer for me. And I think Caleb Sarong will be that similar range again next year, uh, this, year this season, sorry. So it's a consider, but at the moment, dislike for me. Um, I'll say like. I think there's a little bit of scope for him in terms of time and ground. I think he's going to come into those low 80s, mid 80s time and ground, which and sometimes he's had 
you know, those high 70s. So there's a little bit of scope for improvement there. Um, coming into as a young leader of that football club with Brayshaw, I think, you know, he, he's hitting his peak in terms of age and, and production too. So I'm expecting a little bit of a breakout and he's high on my radar, I'm going to say like. Uh, Chad Warner, another year of development and we know uh, Swans coach John Longmire loves him. So he's going to be a high centre bounce usage. Um, another year of development, another year of progress. Uh, this is actually a pretty big like here for me. I'm going to say dislike, mate. I, I don't see him as that accumulator. So to consistently score over 100, we, we need the play that has, you know, 25 plus possessions, a few marks and, and a, you know, five or so tackles. And I, I just don't see him doing that week to week. Happy to be proven wrong, but it's dislike for now. On to the next one, Tom Green. So opportunity, Hopper out, Taranto out. I've got to imagine that Tom Green is going to be high, high centre bounces this year. So um, it's a big lock here for me. Yeah, I'm really bullish on Green, mate. I, I think he's got a big role for this year for the Giants um, as their premier extractor, and there's definitely scope to improve on his 85 average from last year. So, yeah, huge like. Connor McDonald next. So... Uh, it could be a bit of a mix and match uh, for McDonald again this year. Um, so it's just a bit of a dislike. could be volatile for me. Yeah, you're likely right, but he's a player hardly mentioned, um, and he's obviously forward status priced at 56. Again, a lot of us are probably, well, I, for one, haven't gone too much of a deep dive into the forward line players. I think a lot of the, the players, primos, mid-prices, rooks are, are obvious at this point, but... Yeah, he's one that I'm. He's on my watch list for sure. And if that mid time comes, inside mid time that is, then yeah, I could be changing my opinion. But I'll say dislike for now. Josh Groder comes in for his debut late last year. Great for him. No good for us. <laughs> uh, gets, gets the discount. He actually dominated. He actually looks good over preseason. Uh, he's probably now an awkward price, but I think there's upside in that price. I actually like the pick. Um, but we really need to settle in on what that North Melbourne uh, defence is going to be like. Um, uh, just a thing on the North Melbourne game plan, I think there's going to be a bit of chip involved. So I think there's going to be a, a stack of uh, chipping the ball around. This is where Simkin comes in, to, for, for me, is one that I'm looking at as well. Is that, you know, if Skoda is going to be part of that North Melbourne team that's going to chip it around a little bit, that his scoring could be... Um, Quite decent, so and that brings other players like Hall and that into the to the mix there as well. And Thomas, if you're looking at him as well, so and David Juniaki. So uh, I think there's might be a bit of ball protection, not as much as what we did see under David Noble, where they were just hanging on to the ball just to save the scoreboard. I'll be more attacking this year, but you know, obviously, you know, Clarko back at the Hawks, you know, they they were ball control type teams. You know, don't give it back to the opposition, and. I guarantee you this this stand on the mark rule is that Clarko has thought much about it and how to optimise your ball use out of it. And I, I've got to imagine we're going to see a lot of marks from North Melbourne this year. I'm quite bullish what they can do from a fantasy perspective. So back to Josh Goder, I kind of like it. Let's see if he's quite really secure in that team. If that's the case, I actually, even though he's probably an awkward price, I don't mind it. I still think there's value there. So it's a like for me. Yeah, 537,000, it's just a straight dislike. You can't do it. 
Um, still a young body. We we want to get 22 games out of a player when we spend that much as a mid pricer. And um, as you said, you've got Thomas and Hall, you know, effectively in the same position. So um, or two positions. So yeah, dislike. Yeah, he's got to be so secure in that team where it's just like he's just got to be so locked in. Alrighty, on to the next one. So. Sean Newcomb, uh, is he the number one at Hawthorne now? That's that's the question. You know, it's probably the answer is yes. So what's he going to do from a fantasy perspective? So from an opportunity point of view, it, 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 he's the main man now. Um, we know he can have massive tackles. Um, he's a highly contested type player, but can he get there from a fantasy perspective? So as far as his role goes and the opportunity there, it's a big like for me. So, but what can he do from a fantasy perspective? You know, does he is he you know, if you're matching him up against like a Tom Green, who would you rather, Green or Newcomb? Both have got the same opportunity. So, therefore, I'd probably take Green over Newcomb. But you know, it's it's still the opportunity is is huge for Newcomb here. It just can he get there from a fantasy perspective? So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. But I think there are better options at his price range, Jeff. For me, I'm I'm keen to get your thoughts here. Yeah, I also dislike only because I don't I think. Hawthorne are going to be up against it this year. So even though he's, you know, he's going to get the keys to the car, so to speak, and drive a lot of the midfield, you, you need bodies around you to help your performance, and he's, he's going to find the going tough. Um, and I feel like he won't score consistently as a result of that with, with the tough times coming ahead for Hawthorne. So it's a dislike. So Billy Frampton coming in to Collingwood, so he's going to play as a key defender. So quite critically, what I said there is a key defender. So it's not going to be that intercept mark type player. So you know he's he's up there in price. So we know he can rack up the disposals, but I don't think it's going to be enough to warrant selection. So dislike it for now. Yeah, dislike it as well, mate. I um I'd say the jury's out with his best twenty-two too. I I want to see that first. On to the next one. So James Robottom comes into calculation from a fantasy perspective. Um, I think he's quite solid. Another year of development. He's one to consider for me, but I won't be going out of my way at this stage uh, to select him. So it's a dislike at this stage, but certainly one I'm keeping a close eye on. Uh, yeah, I'll, um, I think what we saw in the finals gave us a bit of a taste of his potential, but again... Is that something he can give us out? We've never really seen him string three or four games together like that. So I'll say dislike. On to the next one, Marcus Windhager. So we've seen Brett Ratton use him as a tagger, and he was quite effective. I think Ross Lyon might use him at times as a tagger as well, so that could bring about some volatile scoring. So dislike here for me at the stage, but it's a watch and see, definitely. Yeah, dislike as well for me, mate. But, yeah, I agree. He's, he's definitely got a... A knack to play that negating cooler role. On to Josh Ward. So he's had an interrupted preseason, so he's got a hip injury. So, you know, we need full preseasons. But Josh Ward is going to be in that midfield mix, and I would gonna, I would imagine it's going to be quite solid. I wish he had a full clear preseason. Um, so it's just one to monitor his the rest of the way to complete into round one. If he's clean, he might be a decision. But yeah, it's a little bit concerning the hip injury at this stage. I mean, he has to get back in the preseason really quickly, otherwise going to be interrupted. And, and you know, what does that come out throughout the year with regards to if you're selecting him early and the potential issues that could arise? So 
I, from a fantasy perspective, I do like it, but from a fitness perspective right now, it's it's a dislike for me. Your thoughts there, Jeff? Yeah, dislike for me too, mate. Again, like a bit like Newcomb, I can't see Ward consistently scoring 85-plus or whatever the benchmark needs to be. I haven't even really looked at him because I, yeah, it's all about consistency at that price and um, it's not going to be there in my opinion. Next one, Archie Perkins. Um, I don't think it's going to be fantasy relevant this year, unfortunately, for Perkins. So high draft pick for the Bombers. Um, yeah. yeah, I just don't think he's up, up to a high-speed type player in that midfield. So therefore, what's his role? If it's out of the midfield, central midfield, you know, what's it going to be? And it's going to be volatile scoring. So definitely just a lock here for me for Perkins. Yeah, he's, he's plainly and simply an impact player. He's not an accumulator. And we, like I said earlier, we need those high possession players for fantasy and he's not one of them. So yeah, a dislike. Earl Gordon, next one up for Sydney. So he can definitely score, but what we're going to see again this year is some forward uh, mostly and some midfield mixed in there as well. He can get there, but over a season-long uh, question, Jeff, it's a dislike for me because we need them in there and consistency as well, and I just don't think he's going to provide that. Uh, I, I'm going to say like. I um, kept an eye on him last year here and there, so you'd get one or two CBAs a game. And, um, look, third year, stronger body. We know that... Longmire likes to give the apprenticeships to his younger players. We saw it with Callum Mills for a, an extended period. So, yeah, there is scope, in my opinion, for uh, Goulden to go in the CBAs a little bit more. But like you said, it's still going to be a hybrid forward mid position. I'm going to say like, but, um, yeah, watch on roll. Next one up, Bailey Dale. I'm expecting a halfback role. I think the score is going to be quite solid. They were solid last year, so it's one to consider in the mix. Um I don't think he's going to be high, high end, but it's certainly one to consider. Uh, so it's it's a mini like here for me, but I think I might go elsewhere. Yeah, I'm going to say dislike. I don't think he's ever shown us a ceiling. There have been times where he has been the main man out of the Bulldogs' defensive 50 and still not really a huge ceiling type player. So not one I'd look to as a result and dislike. On to the next one and our last one for this podcast. And we'll be back in a few days with the rest of the players requested. It's Toby McLean. So at Bulldogs training last week, um, and what from what I've seen, he actually looks quite solid, like almost nuggety type Toby McLean, which is great to see. So it's as fit as that I've seen him look. Um, I think he's going to play cross that. He's going to play outside. I'm not too sure we're going to see that many inside centre bounces. Or hopefully it's going to be mixed in at some stage. Uh, so then we've got a. Discuss, you know, does he get there from a fantasy perspective? And his price is actually quite juicy. Um, so it's just whether, you know, I've got him in my team at this stage, you know, 401k, uh, but we're going to have to see some scores. And we know he can score previously. So I'm going to say like at this stage, but just a, what I want to see is just some reinforcement of his role over preseason games. Uh, and that'll just probably confirm his lock-in status um, in that team. Hopefully, he's our best 22 and all that for the Bulldogs. So just I just need a few more ticks here, Jeb, on McLean, and I should be starting with him. Thoughts there? Yeah, for me, he's just an automatic selection. Um, after what he did in the elimination final last year, he turned up, and um, 
He's a hard-working type player. He's also out of contract too this year, Pete, so a little bit more to play for. And you know how much I love a player out of contract. So ticks all the boxes, big light. All right, Jeff, that's it for this podcast. Thank you for listening and tuning in. We'll be back in a few days uh, once we, Jeff and I get back together again and we'll do the rest of the list that is requested. Uh, again, thank you for sending those in. So until then, uh, have a nice evening. Thanks, guys.